The best way to watch Copa America and the greatest players in the world, including Leo Messi, Neymar, James Rodriguez, and Alexi Sanchez, is on Sling International's exclusive broadcast of Copa America on BN Sport. Sling TV is the number one live international TV service in the United States. It's a safe and legal streaming service that delivers your favorite sports and more to your TV, tablet, phone, and computer. For just $10 a month, you can watch every single Copa America game live or on demand featuring Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Chile, Uruguay, and more. Plus, Sling International gives you access to Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, the New York Cosmos, Serie A, and more top networks offered by Sling TV. There's no commitment, no annual contract, and no satellite dish needed. Don't miss the best leagues in the world on Sling International. Sign up today at www.sling.com soccer. Again, that's sling.com soccer. Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here on WorldSoccerTalk.com. Very happy to have you. Ready to go with another big program. Lots to cover today. Opportunity for you to get your phone calls in. We uh, we worked very hard to to line up a guest today. To talk about the A number one story in the world of soccer, the most uh, the most pressing issue of the day, the thing that everybody's talking about, that everybody's got an opinion on, that is front and center headline material. And I'm speaking, of course, of people putting fingers in bad places on a soccer field in South America, at the Copa America. That's what I'm talking about. Edison Cavani getting, I mean, I don't know, how, what, what phrasing do I use here? Gonzalo Hara put his finger in Edison Cavani. I'm uncomfortable. Am I turning red? Violated. Absolutely, Trevor. Edison Cavani was violated yesterday by Gonzalo Hara. And I don't know, what, I mean, I don't. What can you say? Just so you don't, if you if you don't know, you have to go find video of this. It's it won't make you squeamish. It's it's not gross. I mean, it's gross to think about, but it's not visually that bad. I guess. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the result matters probably more, right? Chile beat Uruguay one nothing. A goal from Isla, very nice goal from Isla. After that game was. What you expected it to be, it might have it might as well have been a boxing match between eleven guys on each side. Like it might as well have been a wrestling meet. It might as well have been who can kick the other guy the most. And now, of course, the Uruguayans have made this into an art form at this point. And I I don't know what was going through Gonzalo Hara's head. Uh, apparently, he's got a pattern of this because I was looking around the internet. Catching up on the soccer news this morning. I knew this had happened. I, I go over to, to someone. I, I think I went to Reddit, right? So I go over to Reddit, the football thread or the football subreddit at Reddit. And, it, and there's a link. Somebody has linked to Gonzalo Hara grabbing Luis Suarez during a Chile-Uruguay match in the, on the other side of his private areas. A different sort of violation. A violation of the of this part, not this part. Pointing to front and back. So apparently this is just a thing he does. That, I mean, if that's what your reputation is, that's just a thing that you do on a soccer field whenever you think you can get away with it. I mean, Luis Suarez, say what you want with the whole biting thing. He's not, he's not biting people in the... Okay, now I'm just going to... myself out. That was uh, unbelievable yesterday. <laughs> and now Hara's banned from the rest of the tournament. Uh, Cavani has been defended by his coach, and rightfully so, because he got a red card for that little incident. He slapped out at Hara. He got the red card. Hara di dived. He took a dive. Uh, but the Chileans will still move on to um, 
to the next round while the Uruguayans are out. They are gone. They are out. Let's talk MLS results uh, from last night. Seven games on the MLS schedule. Seven. It's a lot on a midweek schedule. Kicking off rivalry week. Only one of the games played last night counted, according to MLSsoccer.com, as a rivalry. According to Heineken's Rivalry Week sponsorship deal, I guess, only one of them counted, and that's the Toronto-Montreal match, which, which apparently is called the 401 Derby. Did you know that, Trevor? Did you know before I just told you that it was called the 401 Derby? I had no idea. Now, I'm not familiar with the road system in Canada, so maybe that's part of it. But I didn't know it had a name. I thought it was just Canadians and Canadian. Canadian, Canadian, I don't know, whatever. Trevor knew, because Trevor knows everything. Trevor knows where Kazaki, is it Kazak? Is that how you say it? Kazakhstani? Kazakhstani clubs. He knows the names of Kazakhstani clubs, so he knows everything. He knows everything, so I, I'm not surprised he knows the name of that derby. We have a, a bunch of good results. Philadelphia beat the a weekend uh, Sounders team. Remember this team? Not not only were they without Dempsey and Obafemi Martins last night, they also rested a number of starters. They've got a big, big Cascadia derby match this weekend against against the Portland Timbers. So they uh, rested up some play. Rested some players. Ahead of that game, went to Philadelphia, lost C.J. Sapong with the header, a uh, with the winning goal. Excuse me, his fourth goal in four matches. It was a header. It was a very nice, uh, well taken goal, but he was a little unmarked there in the box. The New York Red Bulls broke their four game losing streak with a one nothing win over RSL. Mike Grella with the goal. RSL losing two players to red cards in that game. For me, both of them well deserved. Um, hi, uh, uh, you you had uh, you you had um, why am I blanking on names today? Javier Morales with the first one. I, I, I there's a little bit of question there. Certainly he got the player. It's only I, I suppose that if the question is whether or not the red card was given out for denial of a goal scoring opportunity with another RSL player tracking that uh, that counterattack from the Red Bulls. That would be the only reason to question that red card. Maybe that that one will be controversial. The other one, on the other hand, not at all controversial. RSL loses one nothing after a big momentous win for them over Sporting Kansas City last weekend. They go on the road. It's tougher on the road, of course, uh, but they lose and uh, did not put in a good showing. Columbus two, New England one. Kai Kamara with two goals as the crew come back to beat uh, New England after going down a goalie win with the opener for New England. And then, uh, for whatever reason, Kai Kamara found himself free and able to score goals. Two of them. He now leads MLS, or he has been leading MLS, but he extends his lead to 12 goals. He has 12 goals on the year. Extends his lead in the Golden Boot race to four. Uh, I believe the second place, uh, the second place um, goal scorer in MLS right now. Three of them: Jovinko, Kaká, and Wondolowski, all on eight goals. In the uh, in Orlando, after a weather delay. Orlando City beats Colorado 2-0. Kyle Laren, Kaká with goals. That game, as I mentioned, delayed by weather. Toronto 3, Montreal 1. All three designated players for TFC score goals. Very well-taken goals by Bradley and Altidore. Jovinko puts away a penalty. That game did not seem to be uh, in much question when I watched it. I didn't see all, the whole thing, but it certainly seemed like Toronto was in full control of that game. In L.A., the nightcap. LA Galaxy 5, Portland zero, uh, Portland Timbers 0, no goals for the Timbers, a 5 spot for LA, that's their second 5 spot in a row, they now scored 10 over the last two games, and if we go back to their uh, their Open Cup match a week and a half ago, I guess that was last week at this time, uh, PSA Elite, I can't remember the final score, but it was a lot, I think they've scored 16 goals, maybe it was a 6 goal output, 16 goals in, the, in their last 3 matches, uh, much was... Um, a lot of comments about how, or this is definitely coming from Kyle McCarthy, who I saw noted on Twitter. Bruce Arena putting out his starters against that PSA elite team and amateur side in the Open Cup to get some rhythm, to get them back on track. It certainly looks like Robbie Keane's enjoying his soccer at the moment. Five, as I said, five different goal scorers for the Galaxy last night, including Robbie Rogers, who got his first ever 
LA Galaxy goal and on Pride Night in LA. So that's awesome. Jovinko scores. I mentioned, or sorry, Jovinko scores. Jovinko says, this is a different story. Sebastian Jovinko says that uh, Andrea Pirlo reached out to him regarding uh, regarding MLS and asked him about the uh, the quality of the league. Jovinko's quotes essentially are that you can't compare it to Europe. Here, here we go. You can't compare the level of play to that of European leagues, but I can convince that this can become an important league in the future. There is not as much quality and tactical discipline as in Europe, but the organization is pretty solid. Solid, excuse me. He went on to say that uh, you know get rid of the salary cap. So we'll we'll see what uh, what uh, goes. <laughs> they should change some rules to facilitate the arrival of more players from abroad, like the salary cap. He also said he had no regrets about leaving Juventus for Toronto. So that's uh, that's good to hear. Let's. Uh, oh, the last story here. I did want to mention this. Uh, Swiss authorities are investigating FIFA development grants. FIFA giving out as much as, much as two billion dollars uh, in grants between the years 1999 and 2014. Swiss authorities are examining development grants made by FIFA around the world as part of their investigation into the sports glo- global governing body and its award of World Cup hosting rights for Russia in 2018 and Qatar in 2022. Uh, in particular, the investigators are looking to at how the money was spent, whether there was any falsification of documents. The grants mainly go to national soccer associations and are often earmarked for new soccer pitches and related facilities or for training program so they're looking into this whether or not they find anything will be an interesting question let's take a break when we come back we will take your phone calls here on a thursday edition of soccer morning worldsoccertalk.com The best way to watch Copa America and the greatest players in the world, including Leo Messi, Neymar, James Rodriguez, and Alexi Sanchez, is on Sling International's exclusive broadcast of Copa America on BN Sport. Sling TV is the number one live international TV service in the United States. It's a safe and legal streaming service that delivers your favorite sports and more to your TV, tablet, phone, and computer. For just $10 a month, you can watch every single Copa America game live or on demand featuring Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Chile, Uruguay, and more. Plus, Sling International gives you access to Barca TV, Real Madrid TV, the New York Cosmos, Syria, and more top networks offered by Sling TV. There's no commitment, no annual contract, and no satellite dish needed. Don't miss the best leagues in the world on Sling International. Sign up today at www.sling.com soccer. Again, that's sling.com soccer. This Friday, the USA faces China in the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup, and I'd like to invite you to join me for a very special audio broadcast that I'll be hosting on Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you have to do is tune into the broadcast on television, press the mute button, and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to me sharing my analysis. You can join in by posting your questions or observations in the comments section. Plus, I'll be talking you through the game as we watch the U.S. play China in a repeat of that epic 1999 Women's World Cup final. And if you have an iPhone, install the Rabble.tv app today and add a comment to the broadcast message board, then listen live via the app on Friday. Does the USA have what it takes to make it to the semifinals of the Women's World Cup? Find out this Friday, June 26th at 7.15 p.m. Eastern and cheer on the red, white, and blue with me on Rabble.tv. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We are back on Soccer Morning on a Thursday. Phone lines are open. Should you have an opinion on the world of soccer today, 646-832-3909 is your phone number. Maybe you have an opinion on where guys should be putting their fingers on a soccer field when they're playing each other. Maybe you don't, because why would you? Why would anybody have an opinion about that? Maybe you just want to rip Gonzalo Hara for what he did. Maybe you're feeling for Edison Cavani today. I don't know. This is the thing. It, somehow, Chile managed to turn Uruguay into sympathetic figures. And who thought that would happen? 
Who would whoever thought that Uruguay would be the the team that you feel bad for the way that they play? The fact that they have Luis Suarez. Man, I mean, I even back in the day, I was just jealous of Diego Forlan's hair. Didn't want them to win because of that. Now there's no Forlan, so it's it's all about Cavani and Suarez and they did. Good job, Chile. That's all I'm gonna say. Good job. Way to way to make Uruguay sympathetic. <laughs> sympathetic figures. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. This MLS uh this MLS round, this round of games last night, certainly we're talking about lots of stuff. I mean I, I, I scratched the surface here with some of these games, and we have rivalry week coming up this weekend. I mean, I guess it is already. We're in the middle of rivalry week because tomorrow night, FC Dallas and the Houston Dynamo play for El Capitan, which is a replica of a cannon. Because that's what you do. You 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 win a cannon when you play in Texas. I mean, that's so Texas, the most Texas thing possible. A giant gun, essentially. Are the winner of our soccer uh, rivalry gets a giant thing that shoots projectiles and they actually fire it off imagine they fire blanks but still they fire it off to make big big noises i think the giant who holds it fc dallas holds it right now should the other should other mls rivalries have trophies like the cannon i know we've got a cascadia cup is there still a Trillium Cup? I mean, nobody cares about Toronto and, and Columbus, but is there a Trillium Cup still? What other what other trophies should like? What should the California Classico Trophy be? If there isn't one, I don't think there is one. I've never heard of it. Some sort of bear, right? Some sort of like bronze bear or something, because that's California, right? That they they have a bear on their flag. That's what they're all about. They're about bears in California. <laughs> I guess. Toronto, Montreal again. Montreal losing 3-1 to TFC on the road. Jose, a Montreal fan. Montreal needs another striker. Jack Mack does not fit the system. Jack Mack frustrates the hell out of me. I'll say that that pretty bluntly here. Uh, He had had his moments in Philadelphia. He uh, did not obviously stick there. Lots of questions over his work ethic. Whether or not he got along with his coaches. Now, clearly, that's like four coaches ago for Philadelphia. Something like that. But shipped up to Montreal for Andrew Winger. And that's one of those trades that, at this point, doesn't feel like it has a winner, does it? Like, for a little while, it did look like Montreal had won that trade. And they, they got the better end of it. And Jack Mack was going to score a bunch of goals for them. And now it's like, once again, we're in this, this cycle where you're not sure about Jack Mack. Let's go to our boy Roberto up in Connecticut. What's up, Roberto? I think we were all jealous of um, Diego Forlan's hair, Jason. Oh, of course. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, who wouldn't? Except for, you know, I don't know. Who, who's who got better hair than Diego Forlan in the world of soccer? I don't think there is anybody. Pirlo? Yeah, I suppose. But it's for me, Pirlo's thing is more about the combination hair-beard. And, you know, Forlan was blonde and he had the, I don't know, it was a thing. Mix. Um, mixed is screwed. Yeah. I don't know if mixed is screwed's hair is forlorn level hair. Maybe it is. Oh yeah, no. It's there, it certainly are um Diego Forlan. What else is on your mind? Um, yeah. What what do you take away from this match yesterday? <laughs> besides the whole incident with I, I it so was it, like I said, it was what you expected it to be, right? Ch- Chile's trying to play a little bit and Uruguay doesn't want him to play. That's what I got out of it. I mean I watched about fifteen minutes of that game on trying to track all of the MLS stuff, and it seemed to me that every three seconds we're, we're getting a foul, whether it's whistled or not. There's a foul. Every time the ball is played, there's a foul. Uh, you know, it's, it's whether it's, you know, somebody's coming in late, there's a 50-50, there's a lot of shoulders, there's a lot of kicking out. I mean, just just ugly soccer. That's the beauty of South American soccer. It's, it's the beauty lies in the ugliness, I guess, right? Absolutely, and we hope we can see much more coming up in, um, tonight, obviously, with Bolivia and Peru. Bolivia and Peru d- does not figure to be the fullest expression 
of what the beautiful game can be. Does not figure to be that. I don't know. You tell me, Roberto. I don't know what to expect. Out. Look, um, I'm rooting for. I, th- I think I'm rooting for Peru. But you know, tell me, tell me what you expect out of this game. Yeah, I expect the same. I think Peru have a best have a good chance. They're obviously clear favorites in this match. But like I've said, uh, anything can happen in these tournaments. So don't expect uh, Bolivia to not come up with a fight. Yeah, I um, if, for for neutrals. Okay, you you think you think Peru's probably the better team. I think everybody, well, a lot of people realize that. But for a neutral rooting for somebody in this game, who would you who would you who should we adopt, Peru or, or Bolivia? I think Peru. They've shown what they're capable of, especially getting out of a hard group with Brazil, Colombia, and Venezuela. Yes, exactly. That's a that's a good point. All right, Roberto, got anything else, man? Um, no. Um, enjoy the game tonight. There you go. Appreciate it. That's uh, that's what we've got on tap. Uh, for tonight is uh, is Copa America, right? That's 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 the only thing that's on the schedule right now. I need to go look at my master list. I don't actually have one of those. I should have one. Um, because we last, you know, last night sort of snuck up, snuck up, snuck up on me. Excuse me, with eight games, including that Copa America match. Yeah, it looks like Bolivia Peru is the only thing. On the schedule. Lions roar on Twitter. This rivalry derby week is bogus. Everyone knows Orlando City is rivals with NYC, not Colorado. <laughs> well, that's, this is the problem. Um, Orlando doesn't seem to have a rival right now. I don't think NYCFC is Orlando's rival. I think that they are as close as Orlando can get. It hasn't measured up to that level yet. When a team, when another team joins in Florida, or maybe the Atlanta franchise hits MLS, maybe we can work out a, a rivalry between those two clubs. For the time being, Orlando doesn't have a rivalry. Uh, Colorado's not your rival, yes, of course, but not everybody can play a rival because sometimes people just uh, you know you don't have one or you're occupied. For example, NYC uh, FC is playing the Red Bulls on Sunday. At Yankee Stadium, there's going to be a lot of people in the building. It's going to be a, a, a fun match. And the league is putting those two teams together as rivals because of the natural geographical elements of it. Yet, if you talk to Red Bull fans, they'll probably tell you that NYCFC are, is not their rival. DC United is their rival. And if this was truly about rivalries and, and rivalry week, then they would be playing DC United this weekend. But they are not. And because DC United doesn't have another rival outside of outside of, of New York Red Bulls, they'll be playing Toronto this weekend, who is not their rival. So there you go. I mean, Philadelphia, Montreal, not rivals. New England and Vancouver, not rivals. Sporting in Colorado, not rivals. RSL in Columbus, no, not rivals. It's It comes down to those five games. The one we had last night, the Canadian thing, the 401 Derby, Toronto and Montreal. The Texas Derby between Houston and Dallas. The uh, the California Classico, San Jose and LA. New York City FC and, and, and Red Bulls, which may not even measure up to any of these other quote-unquote rivalries, and yet gets included because, again, New York City, New York City, New York City. And then Portland-Seattle. Which is probably the most vibrant rivalry. Whether that's the best, it's the most vibrant rivalry of the bunch. Let's go to uh, Pedro in Atlanta. What's up, Pedro? Pedro. Hello? Pe- Pedro? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, man. What's up? I'm not Pedro. This is Daniel. What the hell's going on with Trevor? Trevor, are you are your ears broken today? This is Daniel from Atlanta. We know Daniel from Atlanta. He's our boy. He was breaking up. What an excuse that is. You're docked some you know, you're, you're docked up. points. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> What's up? Um, no, I just wanted to I just wanted to mention um last night's matches in MLS. Um LA getting the five oh win against Portland. I mean, I, I knew they were gonna win, but I didn't want them to hurt. You know, Portland like that. Oh, whatever. Mercy, come on, man. <laughs> you didn't want him to hurt, hurt 
Please, Galaxy, don't hurt them. No, come on, man. Look, ten goals over two games. How many did they score against PSA? It was six, right? So six, yeah, six, six one against PSA. Sixteen goals in the last two hundred and seventy minutes. I think that's pretty good. I think. I think that's pretty good. And I said this. I said this last night on Twitter. And there's very few clubs I would say this about. Daniel, where, like, because teams will roll off wins. Like, you know, Portland had four wins coming in out of the game, four wins in a row. And I think TFC had three wins in a row before they lost to, um, uh, before they lost to NYCFC. And we've seen a couple other winning streaks. NYCFC's got three in a row. Uh, DC United's obviously stretching out their lead in the East. But there is only one team in MLS where they can be poor, 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 mediocre, 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 put together two games in a row, like, like, you know, just good performances, dominant performances, whatever you want to say. And I'll say about them, watch out. I said duck and cover MLS because this is the, the Galaxy role and this is, this is what I would expect them to be. Not the whole rest of the year, but this is what they are now. This, this is what they're going to be. Watch out. I'm comparing Portland to Philly. Portland, and, you know, honestly, I think Portland is better than Philly. That's why Bruce was a little bit disappointed that LA couldn't um, couldn't score more against Philly, as you know they scored five against Portland. But either way, it, it's, it's a good win, I guess. Five different scorers, good team effort, good team play. <laughs> stop the past couple games. St- stop under stop under underselling five nothing win. Stop doing it, Daniel. You're like that's a good win, I guess. Five different goal scorers is okay, I guess. Stop it, man. Stop it right now. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you um, got Copa America thoughts as well? Yeah, I just wanted to say that, I mean, Cavani, Cavani's my man. Like, like, like he's, he's a man that I, that I want to come to MLS. You know, he could be 50 years old. Just kidding, right? But, he, you know, he could come to MLS and I would see him play. But that, that red card, I mean, uh, who was that Brazilian player that that fell to the floor and held his and held his face during a corner kick a couple years ago? I, I don't remember. That's that. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was such a weird situation, and, and, and I, I would say only in South America. I don't think that's completely true, but the, it, uh, of all of, of of all of the regional uh, competitions, you're more likely to see that happen in Copa America than almost anywhere else in the world. For whatever reason, and then again, that game was ugly. That game was not. It was not. I, I'm a I'm a Uruguay fan. I I love their style of play, but it's just that that game was not good. Wait, wait. You I'm like it when you, right you like it when they kick people. That's what you like. You I like, like their... it when they kick people. I like it when they <laughs> kick people and 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 then they, the the tables turn on them. Okay. All right. Well, they're out now, and uh, Cavani needs to have his reputation. Um, defended apparently by Tavares, and now uh, Har is out of the tournament, and Chile moves on. So we'll see what happens. Oh well, whatever. And and um, and just real quick about Chile, I just it, it's it's a little bit what's it called? Um, Arturo Vidal. That that whole thing about him crashing his car and and just him not getting punished for it legally. It, oh no no no. Really, no 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 oh, no 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 no. He's going to get punished legally. It's just that oh, okay. it's just that Sampioli didn't kick him out off the team. That's oh, okay. that's really the issue. I mean, he's going to be he's going to have a DUI charge. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at a story posted today at ESPN FC that says he'll face a new charge stemming from his drunk driving arrest. Signing a judicial source, the outlet reports the midfielder would be arraigned on July 8th on a charge of threatening an officer as well. So, because apparently, you know, he he did, he kind of went he kind of went nuts after he was being arrested. He said something like, "You're killing Chile, <laughs> you're 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 hurting Chile." Uh, let's see. Um, so, I I think he's going to face some some legal ramifications. Just again, whether or not he was going to be uh, kicked off the Copa America team, and Sepiola decided, no, we'd rather go win this tournament, and Arturo Vidal helps us win the tournament. We'd rather compromise our integrity and win a tournament than to show people that we have integrity it's ridiculous uh, well i mean uh, uh, you know i do i do think it's a little bit more of a difficult question than just kick him off because he did something stupid i mean he did something stupid it reflects negatively on chilean football don't don't get me wrong but it doesn't it's not uh, would you lose your job if you got a dui daniel no okay i don't think so i i i 
I don't know if this is something, I don't know if it's a direct analogy, and he is a public figure and it changes the dynamics a lot. But I know like a lot of people probably wouldn't lose their jobs if they got a DUI. I, I don't know if that's a reason to keep them on the team. I'm just saying it's, it doesn't seem to me to be as cut and dry as people want to make it out to be. It's the age-old question of putting athletes as role models. Yeah, it's, it's part of it. We automatically of, yeah. put them there. Yeah, and what, what was it? What did he wreck? Was it a Ferrari? He wrecked a Ferrari, right? Yes. And then he just like he laughed it off because he has another Ferrari. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Appreciate the phone call, Daniel. We'll get your name right next time, or I'll just call you Pedro from now on. Oh, no, don't call me Pedro. <laughs> I went to high school with you. Oh my god. Yeah. We, okay. All right, man. Appreciate the call. All right. No uh, problem. Bye. Uh, Daniel slash Pedro in Atlanta. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. I'm gonna come back to this Jovinko story about his comments uh, with uh, regarding Andrea Pirlo. This is uh, from a, a, a an interview with Gazzetta della Sport uh, in Italy. Jovinko says Pirlo left him a message a while ago saying uh, how I he was asking how I was and how things are here. I told him that playing in MLS is a great experience, something he should try. He says, uh, Jovinko says he doesn't believe he could, he alone convinced Pirlo to join MLS, uh, but he does believe uh, he does believe that this move should be replicated by other European stars because the league is a quality destination and continues to grow in reputation. I'm reading here from Pro Soccer Talk over at NBCSports.com. Again, saying he has no regrets. Now, I'm glad. Of course, he's under contract. He's making a crap ton of money. What else do you expect him to say? At the same time, it is important for players like Jovinko, who is 28 years old. I mean, this is not a retirement situation for him. This is a, an opportunity to uh, to chart a new path. And he's done very, very well in Toronto. They're looking pretty good. They look like they, they're, they might be able to break the playoff hex. They certainly have the attacking talent to do it. That game yesterday, I watched as much as I could, trying to track seven other things happening in the world of football world of soccer, but I did watch some of it, and what I saw was Toronto FC passing the circles around Montreal Impact. Now, Montreal doesn't want to press the ball. They want to sit back. They want to uh, they want to, to, to bring you in, have you turn the ball over, and try to hit you on the break. Uh, so they didn't do much to pressure Toronto with the ball, but it certainly showed that Toronto has the ability uh, to uh, to play some good soccer when they um, when they're comfortable, when they've got everybody healthy, this was as I think this was a a full squad for Toronto FC. I imagine that as many of their starters played as at any point this season. Bradley's in the lineup. Jovinko's in the lineup. Altidore's in the lineup. Altidore came off about sixty five minutes in, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Craval, Perkis, Zavaleta, Moro, Colin Warner at the base of a diamond. Delgado and Osorio. On the outside, Bradley in the uh, Bradley up top at the point of the diamond, not up top, but at the point of the diamond, and then Jovinko out the door. Um, maybe not a hundred percent. I mean, you know, there's uh, you got Jackson Martinez, or sorry, Jackson, not Jackson Martinez. What's his last name? What's his other name? It's Jackson something. Uh, you got Jackson in the team. I imagine he could start in place of one or two of these players. But other than that, seems like a pretty. A pretty um, strong lineup for TFC, and they, they did the business. They did the business against Montreal last night in the first of the rivalry matchups of the week. Rivalry week steams along. By the way, a reminder, I'll be on Rabble.tv on Friday night not to do the MLS game. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll try to maybe do, um, you know, certainly just talk about MLS, but... I'll be there to do uh, to be to do the U.S. Women's National Team quarterfinal matchup against China. Everything going into that, and um, you know, with the distance between um, that game uh, against Colombia on Monday and and the Friday match, I feel like things are starting to turn maybe in a little bit more of a positive direction with the U.S. Women. We sort of worked out all of those issues. A lot of people uh, wrote long pieces on on the problems with the U.S. Women, and those those things still matter. Those things are still worth paying attention to, but I, I feel as though there's certain there's starting to be this um, more general support that's coming through. I just watched that uh, I just watched a, a clip from Seth Meyers' show in which he had Amy Poehler come on and they did a whole segment about the U.S. women, about uh, a, a one particular chauvinist on Twitter 
who worked for uh, Sports Illustrated, who uh, was talking about women's not, sports not worth watching, uh, and they roasted him. We, we've seen some of this, uh, again, these positive stories maybe trickling out. One of those, as a matter of fact, one of the more interesting ones, found this today, saw this today for the win. Uh, Megan Klingenberg and Morgan Ryan are living with Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, talk about a strange combination of things. Who, I didn't know this, first of all, I learned it today. It's a good story, you should go read it, it's by Lake and Littman at, uh, at For the Win at USAToday.com. It says, it, this is a, a great lead. Sunday mornings, mean, Sunday mornings means pancakes at Jeff Van Gundy's house. Jeff, Jeff cuts fresh fruit. His wife, Kim, flips the pancakes. And Megan Klingenberg fixes the bacon. Yes, the same Megan Klingenberg who has played every minute on the U.S. national team's back line this World Cup has pancake Sundays with the Van Gundy family in Houston because she lives with them while playing for the Houston Dash in the National Women's Soccer League. When Van Gundy learned of the team's host family program last year, he jumped on the opportunity knowing little about soccer. The former NBA coach and current ESPN analyst didn't realize his family received, quote, an absolute blessing, unquote. And then Morgan Bryan joined the party. This is great. Go read it. It's very cool. And, and you know, it's it points out something, uh, a reality for uh, professional women's soccer players. And I was having a discussion with somebody not a soccer fan not certainly not an initiate a casual soccer fan somebody who appreciates the sport but doesn't have time or doesn't doesn't watch a whole lot has watched some of the women's world cup and knows what's going on there but i had a discussion with that person about the state of the nwsl about this being the third attempt at a at a major professional league in the united states for female players about the pittance that these players, these players are paid about uh, having to have second jobs and be coaches and do all of these other things in order to, to um, augment their, their pretty small salaries from the professional game and how some of them, all of them, most of them, not all of them, but, some, but most of them have to live with host families during the year in order to be able to be a professional soccer player in a place like Houston, Texas, Megan Klingenberg and Morgan Bryan, two women's national team. These are not the, the run-of-the-mill average NWSL players. These are national teamers. Megan Klingenberg, as, as said in the story, has played every single minute of the U.S. World Cup to this point. So these are extraordinary players. And they don't make enough, or at least they didn't make enough, to have their own place and needed a host family and the Van Gundy stepped up. It's I think it's 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 a it's a great story. It's a feel good story. Jeff Van Gundy, former NBA coach, current ESPN analyst, hosts women's soccer players, Megan Klingenberg, Morgan Bryan, young stars in the US women's program. That's a feel-good part. And then the, the part that is sort of sobering is, oh, they need host families. That's that's a reality thing. That's Now, things have changed for Klingenberg and Bryan, probably because of their involvement with the U.S. women's national team. Uh, here's your close. If, even if the Van Gundys don't make any more trips to Canada, which they did to see the, the their house will be ready for Klingenberg and Bryan when they return to Houston. The players could have gotten their own apartments but they built such a strong relationship with the, quote, VGs, unquote. I feel like I have my own special little family down in Houston, and that wasn't something I was willing to give up, Klingenberg said. They were so welcoming, inviting me to stay next year, and I didn't even think about getting another apartment. Nor was she willing to give up pancake Sundays. So, again, these two players, things have changed. And by the way, another story out there about Morgan Bryan. Fascinating story written by Grant Wall over at Sports Illustrated about the former now U.S. Women's National Team kit man. I need to pull up that story. Trevor, did you check that one out? Because that's fascinating stuff. I don't want to get the details wrong, so let me try to pull it up. But essentially the story goes 
that a 24-year-old U.S. soccer employee, the kit man for the U.S. women's national team, basically the equipment manager, let's call it that, if you don't know what a kit man, I mean, it's obvious, but it's another way of saying it, was fired for his role in helping Morgan Bryan get a shoe deal, getting a sponsorship deal with a major shoe company. The story, as told by, uh, as reported by Grant Wall, says that the young man was asked by Brian specifically because he's got relationships to help broker a deal. He's put her in contact. He never served as her agent officially. He never took any money. I'll get, I'll get back to this. I, I put that on hold. Let's go to Eddie in Brooklyn. It's been a long time. What's up, Eddie? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, this is kind of like, all right, so I got a bone to pick. Let me just get Whoa. out of the way. It's kind of trivial, though. Shocking. Shocking. Shocking, right? Go ahead. Um, okay, so the whole Sidney LaRue, Dom Dwyer thing, you know, I, it's okay. Some people find them annoying, and I didn't really think that, but I was creeping on the gram, as they say, and I made the mistake of following her on Instagram. And on Father's Day, she put up a post with Dom Dwyer and this little chihuahua-looking dog thing. And it had the hashtag Happy Father's Day. Now, mind you, you're a father. I'm a father. We don't, we don't understand that. Did that not bother you? You know, I didn't see it. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the social media profiles of Sidney LaRue and Dom Dwyer. I'm just not. I, they're, they're fine soccer players. That's really all that matters to me. I'm sort of over them as personalities. Um, I was probably over Sydney LaRue's a personality before she married Dom Dwyer. Now it's just doubled up on that. They're both very photogenic people. They're very good looking people. They want to put themselves out there. That's their business. I don't care. But I, I don't, that it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I don't think that they're worth my time on that level. If you know what I mean? My, worth my emotional energy, Eddie. Yeah. A dog's not a kid. I'm a real father. Dom Dwyer's not a real father, but I'm not going to get offended by it. I mean, I, I genuinely didn't care, but I just, after that, I find them to be the most pretentious couple in all of sports, let, let alone soccer. It's just, it's like, you got to earn that right. You can't just throw a happy father's day out there all willy-nilly, you know? Just after that, I just got this bad vibe about them, and I just genuinely don't like them as a couple. I'm not rooting for them to break oh, up or they, anything. It's I, just... Yeah, yeah. I, I just find them annoying. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to go as far, I'm not going to go as far as annoying, but I think they're, I think the exposure is a little, we're a little past that, right? Like, like, okay, we get it. You're, you're an awesome couple. You both play soccer. It's, you have a chihuahua. Okay. Thanks. We get it. I mean, like, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good. See you guys, you know, see you back on the field, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know anything else, Eddie? Uh, yeah, Costa Rica's screwed, man. Like, it's not been our year. Um, Kayla Navas, I mean, he's yeah. probably going to not be have to, you're not going to have to have Achilles surgery, so he might not miss the Gold Cup. But now Joel Campbell apparently can't get a visa, so he's going to miss the Mexico game. Same thing for David Ramirez and about three other players. It's just like everything that can go wrong is starting to go wrong, which is why I said that we were never the favorites to win the Gold Cup and that everybody needed to pump the brakes because the thing was like six months out when people were already crowning us. Like, look, things happen. I know, and just, I know. Between the injuries and now this stuff, so like, it's just—it's not going to be our year. Okay, fine, but I mean, you—you—you you, you don't know. I mean, they could certainly show up in the tournament and put it together pretty quickly. At least make it very difficult for for anybody else to win that tournament. They're gonna, they're going to play a what a role. I mean, I don't know. No, how yeah, much, they are. But I don't I mean, know how much you trust missing, Metro. We're missing our, our, our best defensive midfielder. We're missing one of our best center backs. We might miss our best goalkeeper. Uh, it's just. It's starting to fall apart little by little with the injuries. Yeah, and I, I get the sense, um, you know, the, I think this would be natural for a, for a country like Costa Rica. You can tell me that, uh, you know, the margin for error, the margin for for player losses in terms of injuries and whatever isn't real great. Like, the the you know, while you have maybe you're good one through, I don't know, 15, 16, after that it gets a little dicey, right? No, no, really, because I, I think we have depth. It's just that even some of the depth has gotten hurt. So say Tejeda's hurt, he's going to start a defensive midfielder. All right, fine, let's put in Juan Buzicolobio. Guess what? He got hurt six months before that. So now we have to put in David Guzman, who's playing for some reason. Now we're going to our third defensive midfielder. And it's just, you know, you think about the U.S.'s depth, 
the third defensive U.S. Uh, the, the third defensive midfielder for the U.S. would be who? And it's really that far off from Costa Rica's third defensive midfielder. I think I think it, the depth is like for like. It's just when we have the injuries and the other top dogs don't have those kind of injuries. That's where the margin for error is going to be too great. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to. I don't want to read too. The reason I don't want to read too much into it is because I feel like I'm inviting bad things to happen to my team if I start discounting yours, Eddie. And you know, you you could, if I wanted to, I could buy into this notion that Mexico is going to struggle or Mexico's having a bad go of it right now. And look at what happened to Copa America, even though it's a different team. The feeling around the Mexican the Mexican program is bad, and Herrera's under pressure. And oh man, this could really this could really go the U.S.'s way. I'm not going to do that. I'm not silly enough to do that. I'm still picking Mexico to win. I mean, that's just that's just a lot of talent. It is. We'll see if they uh, they can bring it to bear on the tournament. You got anything else? No, that's about it, man. Right, Have a good day. I appreciate it. Good, good hearing from you. That's a, that's a pretty good bone that he just picked. The Sydney LaRue bone. 646-832-3909. Jump online. Get a phone call in. Sean's got a couple of tweets here. Has there been any fallout from Wombach's comment, comments about the ref in the Columbia-U.S. Women's National Team match? No, no fallout. She apologized. I guess that's good enough. Again, I know people wanted her suspended anyway, despite the apology. Uh, I think that that's something that you're unlikely to see in a tournament like this, where the star power and uh, draw of the United States is such a major part of the popularity of the tournament, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not going to say that, that FIFA bowed to television and corporate pressures, but essentially that's what I'm saying. Or at least it was a factor or may have been a factor that they didn't even consider any sort of punishment at all for Abby Wambach. Sean also says, uh, U.S. soccer and Nike screwed the kit manager for the U.S. women's national team. Uh, I'm surprised they, uh, they uh, I think he means it's not surprised they were bleeps because that's how soccer management is. The remaining part, The remaining part of the story that I haven't gotten to is that, yes, this kit, uh, kit man was fired. As part of his, because of his involvement, or at least the insinuation from him and the story is that because of his involvement in the deal that actually ended up with Morgan Bryan going to Adidas, excuse me, yes, Adidas rather than Nike, who is the uh, U.S. Women's National Team sponsor, the implication is that Nike had him fired, essentially. Nike made a phone call. U.S. Soccer made a phone. Or, uh, uh, Nike made a fa- phone call to U.S. Soccer. U.S. Soccer listened to their biggest uh, sponsor, and then subsequently fired this guy. Um, it doesn't make this story does not make U.S. Soccer look good. They try to play this off. Has nothing to do with this deal. Blah blah blah. Uh, he was terminated for violating company policies. They did not specifically comment, because why would they? That's not what uh, people do in this, this situation. Nike issued a statement. Said, we can categorically confirm that we did not ask for anyone to be disciplined or fired for the, these actions. And you know what? It doesn't. They don't necessarily have to. They don't have to ask. If Nike's rep that deals with the U.S. women, or the U.S. national team, U.S. soccer, excuse me. If, you, if the Nike rep that deals with U.S. soccer calls up U.S. soccer and says, we're pissed off about this, you have an employee that got involved in a negotiation that ultimately ended up with one of, our, one of the young, talented players on your team signing with a different company. I'm not happy about it. Rah, rah, rah. Bang, bang, bang. That's him hitting the table. That's all he has to do. That's all he has to say. I think that the U.S. soccer, the person on the other end from U.S. soccer can take the hint. I don't think you have to say, fire that guy. Because it's pretty obvious that that's where that whole conversation is headed. He certainly feels as though he was fired because of his role in this deal. And again, it's interesting because he did not take any money. He was not officially her agent. He said he did this as a favor because he's friendly with players and they ask him for help because she doesn't have, she didn't have an agent at the time. He said he, do, he's, he did this for Julie Johnston. The difference being Julie Johnston signed with Nike. I don't know. This, this is very much 
hearsay. All of it. I trust Grant Wall's reporting. I'm not sure. I, I don't know this kit, man. It's very difficult to determine how much blame we should lay at U.S. soccer's feet for this. Eddie was talking about the U.S. defensive midfielder situation and the depth there. Jose chiming in. Defensive mids for the U.S. Jones, Beckerman, Williams, Kitchen. I, I'm not sure that Jones, I, I guess he is still. I guess, I mean, you certainly could play them, play him there in a pinch. Jones, Beckerman, Williams, Kitchen. Uh, I think that Will Trapp belongs on that list when he's completely healthy. And then even down farther down that line, there's a number of quality defensive midfielders uh, sprinkled across MLS that you could call in in a pinch if you had to. Jose also mentions that in Mexico, they're already calling for Miguel Herrera's head. I suppose what? Is that because the Copa America matters to people down in Mexico and you can't go have a bad showing or you'll get in big, big trouble, I guess? I mean, they certainly didn't do well. They got two points. They didn't make the knockout rounds. But they have the Gold Cup coming up. They focus on that. That's where they're looking. That's what they're looking towards. You can't fire him now. You fire him now. And the Gold Cup is going to be a disaster. That's the truth. 646-832-3909. Give me your thoughts on these MLS results from last night. Give me your thoughts on the Copa America results. Bolivia-Peru. That game, I believe, threatened by the, by the pollution situation. Is that right? Because Santiago had an emer- a pollution emergency an environmental emergency during this tournament. That's probably not cool. Unfortunately, the city sits in, you know, a valley sort of situation. There's mountains on one side, hills on the other. You put those two things together, and now we're talking about lots of pollution and smog just hanging around the city. And when that when that's the case, Maybe it gets tough to breathe, and you really don't want to play soccer in it. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that would be me. That would be my opinion. Wouldn't want to play soccer in that stuff. But uh, it looks uh, no reason to think that that match won't go on. And I believe Peru would be the favorites. Maybe Bolivia can shock the world. Uh, this sets up, and uh, this this winner of this game will go on to play Chile in the um, in the semifinals. So an opportunity to make your name at uh, at the Copa America in Chile. Trying to find any notes about the pollution situation. I don't think I'm going to find anything on the fly here. So my apologies for that. We can move along. Six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. You have any thoughts on uh, what's happened over the last 24 hours? You want to look ahead to the U.S. Women's National Team game on Friday against China. Are you getting some better feelings out of that game, or are you still very, very worried? Again, no Rapino, no holiday. Big holes to fill for Jill Ellis. We had that uh, discussion yesterday. I mean, I say this, and yet we just talked yesterday on Soccer Morning on Sirius XM and a little bit here about the Discord in the U.S. camp, about uh, players sending texts to club teammates about how they're all laughing at Jill Ellis's tactics because they're so simple and basic and they're not taking advantage of the talent. That's um, that's still out there, I suppose. And now, again, it can't, it, that doesn't mean it can't turn quickly and get better quickly, become... Especially if they beat China and they do it in any sort of convincing fashion, I imagine we'll just uh, forget everything happened and start focusing on how they're probably not going to beat France or Germany, but at least they got there. At least they're showing well ahead of that game. All it takes is one good performance. You're as good as your last game. And right now, the U.S., based on that 2-0 win over Colombia, is not very good in most people's eyes. Which, again, is, I mean, that's harsh on Colombia, but it's out there. It's out there. And these, the expectations are high for this team. 
And I don't think that uh, so much of what the dynamic is around the U.S. women is built on this idea that the while the soccer people sort of realize where they sit in the hierarchy, where they are in the women's game behind some countries like Japan, Germany, France, the non-soccer people or the people who only pay attention to this team every four years, they still think of the United States as an overwhelming favorite. And that's even though we haven't won a World Cup in 16 years. The general public goes, oh, the United States, the men aren't very good. They never beat anybody. I don't really care about them. I know the numbers are good for the men, too. Just saying. The men aren't very good. I don't have any expectations that they will win. They score one goal in a game that they don't have the ball for 75% of the time. I go nuts because that doesn't, that's great. Low expectations mean more excitement when things are achieved. The U.S. women, it's expected that they're going to dominate. It's expected that they're going to win this World Cup. Put that third star on the jersey. And if they don't play up to that standard, you know, you know who pointed out to me that the U.S. women's national team doesn't look very good right now? My mom. My mom has maybe sat through 10 full soccer games in her entire life. Maybe. I mean, not counting mine as a kid because she was out there supporting me. Thanks, Mom. But I, I, didn't even wa- I didn't even watch this game with her. This isn't me biasing her with my soccer knowledge by saying, oh, they don't look very good. Uh, like they can't hold the ball. And, Man, they, the, the, the Colombians are doing this or Nigeria is doing that. No, no, no. I talked to her after the fact. The game is over. And I talked to her and she goes, they're just not playing very well. They don't look very good. I don't know what's wrong with them. So if we've got that situation happening, this might not be the year. That's all I'm going to say. As all, if moms are out there tagging this team is not very good, this might not be the year. If my mom, not the average mom. Or whatever. If that's the case, this might not be a good enough team. Jose thinks that maybe Rapino Holiday being out is a blessing in disguise. Other players have to step up. This is true. They do. They have to step up. Otherwise, they're going to have a serious letdown in this game against China. I just, uh, you know, a World Cup is is a situation where you 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 have to lean on your depth. You have to lean on other players to get it done when your stars are missing because sometimes they're missing. And this is an opportunity to prove that they have some depth. We'll see if they can step up, whether it's uh, Christian Press in the midfield, wherever, uh, excuse me, wherever, um, whatever Jill Ellis does, however she reconfigures her lineup. This will be on, on those players who step into the lineup, and it'll also be on Jill Ellis and how she shuffles things around. Because whether or not we look at this team and go, they're not good enough to win. There's certainly a demand for them to get better. Less expecta- less expectation from the in, the in the no soccer crowd, but just as much sort of rabble-rousing over why they aren't better. 646-832-3909. Last call for phone calls here on a Thursday. Go ahead and hit us up. If you've got thoughts, uh, I'll just review those MLS results one more time for anybody who missed them earlier. Lots of things happening in MLS last night. A full seven matches across, I don't know, six hours. Philadelphia taking down Seattle uh, in Philadelphia. So a home game there for the Union makes a difference. The uh, the Philadelphia, or sorry, the Sounders not starting anywhere close to a full lineup. You look at this. Fry and that, okay, but Remick Scott. Jimmy Ockford, former Cosmos Loney, Jimmy Ockford. Fisher on the right side. Pineda and Azira in the midfield. Roldan, Papa, Kovar in, in the midfield, in, uh, um, in the midfield three. Underneath, Lamar Nagel. So this certainly wasn't anywhere close to a Seattle best, and yet still a big win for Philadelphia. 
Elsewhere in MLS, that it was one nothing on a CJ Sapong goal. Who's on fire, by the way, CJ Sapong. Good to see him getting his feet underneath him. Philadelphia. New York beat RSL one nothing. Columbus 2, New England 1. Big wins for both Columbus and New York to break some bad runs of form. Orlando 2, Colorado nothing. I think that was five in a row at home for Orlando, something like that. I don't know. I have a, I have a thing here. Toronto-Montreal, 3-1 in the uh, 401 Derby. DC won Chicago. Very nice goal by Connor Doyle. The DC, the only team to win on the road. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's right. LA, 5. Portland, nothing. Demolished. Portland Timbers demolished by the LA Galaxy, who look really, really good right now. All right, let's wrap up this edition of Soccer Morning on a Thursday. We'll look for, uh, we'll look for more guests tomorrow on Copa America. Certainly want to, you know, got to get into the analysis of fingers going into bad places, violating places on Edison Cavani's body. That's necessary. Join us over at SiriusXMFC later on today, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern, Channel 94. Make sure you go to backheel.com slash store to buy a soccer morning mug. They're lovely. We've got t-shirts at 3NLFC.com. Follow Hey Hayward on Twitter. H-E-Y-H-A-Y-W-A-R-D. Do that. Talk to you guys on Friday. Later.